1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Group of Five Live is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football Conference Call podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy! Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts.
0: Group of five live. Group of five. Group of five live. Are we talking about the American? Yeah. USA. US yeah. US. Mac. Mac. Yeah. Mountain West. Yeah. And the Sun Belt. Oh, yeah. The
3: Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. My name is Chris Myakoski, and I want to start by apologizing for being away for a little while. We haven't had a show in three weeks, but at the same time, thanking Chris Landry for understanding why I needed to be away. My dad... Phil Mykoski, Uh, his battle with cancer ended last week and he died last Monday. It was clear that uh, he was entering his final days. Home hospice care um, was getting underway and his body was shutting down. And I decided to spend as much time as possible at his house, at his bedside. So a lot of other things went by the wayside. My nine to five, which is doing PR, uh, social media for a local school district uh, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, the community independent school district. Uh, they completely understood as well. And I'm uh, incredibly appreciative of them for uh, basically letting me take two weeks off. Um, Week before Thanksgiving, I was gone almost the entire week, going back and forth from my house to my dad's. And then Thanksgiving week obviously was not a problem because the school district was closed anyway. And that week was was a given. But nonetheless, I've only been on that job for about six weeks now, and they were incredible. And, you know, this podcast network rolls on regardless. There's shows about all the leagues. There's shows about fantasy. There's shows about NFL. There's it's it's all over the map. Get it having you covered. So you had plenty of content to listen to. You may not have missed me at all. But this is a fun show for me. Um, I really do like talking to announcers and coaches from around the country with all these different group of five schools. I've met some great people. And I really do, uh, I really did miss it. But it was the the right thing for, for me and my family to step away for a little bit, lighten the load, and allow me to really have my head where it needed to be. And obviously I could have taken some time and still spouted out a show, but I like to do my research. I like to be prepared and that takes time. So again, thanks to Chris. Um, You know, like for so many of you, I'm sure that your dad had a big part in why you love college football and that's certainly the case for me my dad and i when i was really small um our family had season tickets for smu we had tickets pre-death penalty when they played at texas stadium and then he was loyal Uh, he re-upped post-death penalty when they played at old Ownby Stadium. And that was some of the worst. I mean, I was only, what, 10, 11 years old when they came back from the death penalty. Even then, it was pretty clear that that was some of the worst college football you could possibly see. But he wanted to be there for every SMU home game, no matter how terrible they were at the time. And he really did love it when they got back up and they finally got into a bowl game. I think it was Christmas, uh, maybe Christmas Eve, when they were back in their first bowl game since the death penalty out in Hawaii. And we were watching it as a family. Uh, We were all together, of course. And... As the SMU game, you know, there. no matter whatever anybody else wanted to do that night, SMU game took priority. <laughs> and then even as recent uh, as, even as recently as last fall, um, we started what we hoped was going to be a new annual tradition with my dad, and my brothers, that we would pick out one random college football game that had nothing to do with any of our ties as far as alma maters um, and just go and enjoy the atmosphere and enjoy college football being a neutral observer and the first game that we picked was army navy so if we're going to start this This is how we need to begin this tradition is by going to this game that we had been talking about going to for a long time. And it was August, I think, last fall, where my dad called us up, me and my two brothers, and said, I got the tickets. We are finally doing this. Didn't ask ahead of time if we had the weekend free just decided I'm going to go ahead and I, I can get them. I'm going to get them and you guys can make the weekend free. And we did. I had to step away. One of my other jobs is as a sideline reporter for the Dallas Fort Worth high school game of the week uh, at last year was on TXA 21 here in DFW. And it's since moved over to, CW 33, but that was state semifinal weekend. I was supposed to be on the sidelines for two Texas high school football state semifinals. And I just had to tell them, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get a sub for me that weekend. I'm going to be at Army Navy with my dad and my brothers. And, you know, being the workaholic that I am, and (laughs) I did hesitate for a second, but obviously now incredibly glad that i decided to go to philadelphia and um and skip the high school games so i you know obviously every fall really every day for for now but you know, when it comes to uh, big college football games in the fall, I'll be thinking about my dad and wanting to call him up when we, when something big happens in a game. So I'll know he'll be at home. He would have been at home watching it himself. Um, you know, it was pretty normal to get a call from him on a given Saturday or maybe on a Sunday morning just to recap what we saw the day before. it's obviously goes far beyond football, but you know, this is, this is a football show. So I thought it, uh, it would make sense to talk a little bit about how my dad really instilled that love of the game. And, you know, I talked about it on my first, actually it was right before he died. I did a high school football broadcast and talked about how he instilled love of high school football in me. It was really at all levels. And, um, Yeah, so really, really hard times for our family, Um, given the gathering restrictions at churches uh, in Tarrant County, where he lived. uh, We still don't know when the memorial service was going to be, and that's another uh, facet to all this, which makes it even more difficult. One thing before we get into uh, the meat of the show as I'm taping this on Tuesday night, it is Giving Tuesday. And instead of flowers, my dad asked for donations to Arlington Urban Ministries. He lived almost his entire life in Arlington, Texas, and that was a cause that he cared about deeply. So if you are so moved, I uh, would ask you to donate to Arlington Urban Ministries. That would be a tremendous tribute. Um, I'm going to leave the link to that in the show notes. And a dollar, whatever you can give. um, Greatly appreciate it. Um, Been raising some money for that today on my personal social media as well. And uh, friends have stepped up in a big way. Uh, Already raised $700 in the last 10 hours alone, so hopefully more of you, more of a, if you listen to this show, the reason I'm doing it, if you enjoy the show, the reason I'm here is because of the love of college football, that it instilled still been in me by my parents, both my mom and my dad, both uh, are huge college football fans, and uh, again, my dad passing away at the age of 69 last Monday. Arlington Urban Ministries, uh, if you, if you uh, feel so moved, I'd appreciate the donation. But let's get into uh, why we're here, the fun stuff. And every week, we like to talk to an announcer or a coach from one of the, power, uh, excuse me, one of the group of five programs that, is, that is, has a good story to tell. And from this past weekend, there's no better story than what we heard from the Buffalo Bulls. Jarrett Patterson rushing for 409 yards and eight touchdowns as Buffalo beat Kent State 70-41. The Bulls are 4-0 for the second time in three years and just the third time in program history. The voice of the Buffalo Bulls is Paul Peck. Paul, let's start with the fact that Jarrett came so close to setting an all-time single-game yardage record. I saw that the coaching staff didn't even know that he was that close. Maybe they would have kept him in, but for his part, Jarrett at least didn't seem to really care.
1: You no, know, and I think that's the, the cool thing about him, and I think everybody got a sense of what kind of kid he is. When uh, you know, you might think he might be annoyed or angered. I think I think Coach was a little more um, mad at himself for you know not having a full grasp of what was on the line there, you know, and, 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 and Jarrett did get four or five carries on that last drive. And I think we were all waiting for him to break one. I think uh, as it turns out, he was 42 yards away from the record and the drive started at the 43. So, you know, (laughs) it was right there um, and he didn't get it, but you know, um, they, they, you know, it lost in a little bit of all of this is they have a really good backup running back whose name is Kevin Marks who had a thousand yards rushing last year. They were one of only three schools in the country to have a pair of running backs go over a thousand and Kevin and Jared have a great relationship. So, so you know, Kevin wants Jarrett to succeed. Jarrett wants Kevin to succeed. So so the fact that Kevin came in, got a couple of carries and a touchdown, may, probably made Jarrett just as happy as it would have been for him to do it. But I have to tell you honestly, and thinking about it over the course of the weekend, as, as amazing as it was, there's part of you that goes, man, I wish he would have gotten those extra <laughs> yards and that yeah. extra touchdown. Because you assume you're, you're never getting back to that again, although maybe that's not a good assumption on my
3: part. Right. Well, he ended up with 409 yards against Kent State. The single-game record is 427, so just amazingly close and did tie the single-game touchdown record. So at least he'll have his name in the record books uh, that way for a good long while. Uh, The Heisman hype is building a bit about Jarrett Patterson. But I think in a normal year, if he would have had a shot to do something really special against a power five opponent, maybe it would have grown to even higher level if Buffalo had had the chance to play Ohio State this season.
1: No question. I, I think, you know, as, as you're seeing all this happen, there's part of you that says you wish they would have had that chance, particularly mm-hmm. because we remember when Khalil Mack had that chance. In 2013, when the Bulls opened at Ohio State, Khalil had this amazing game where he was the best player on the field, and there is no doubt that that helped him become the fifth overall pick in the draft. You know, I don't know what would have happened in that game. I don't know what Jarrett would have done, but at the very least, going up against an Ohio State would have brought some more attention, and based on his performance, you know, it might have solidified a few things in people's minds. You know what? Um, just the fact that he's in the mention of the Heisman doesn't happen very often for a MAC player. Doesn't very often for a group of five guy um, certainly doesn't happen very often for a buffalo player so just to, to see the fact that that you know he might be in the mix for this and top five who knows what it winds up being that that in itself is a huge victory
3: yeah, to get in the room, well, this year it'll be in the virtual room, I suppose, on the Zoom call for the Heisman ceremony uh, in January would be uh, special. And I think Jarrett and really everybody there in Buffalo has done a good job hyping up the O-line as being a real big reason why he was able to do such a thing this past Saturday and why he's had the season he has. You know, you look at it from the beginning, and I think a lot of people were wondering if they would have had the the horses, considering they had to replace three guys, but the guys who were left were elite.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and and there's a little somewhat of it a misnomer, Chris, in that th- they had to replace three guys, but but one of two of, one of them had been a rotating starter anyway. Um, the other one had started the last couple of games last year because of injury, so there really was only one player on the line who had never started a game before. But all that said, their line has been really good for a number of years. Developing an offensive line is something of a bit of a specialty around here, um, you know, and and it's not just that game and it's not just run blocking they haven't given up a sack in eight games they only gave up two all of last year in 13 games um none since last year and anybody that's watched those highlights um half of Jarrett's touchdowns he was untouched on Mm -hmm. I mean the holes were so big you know and and I mean that's there's no you know there's no question that 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 has as much to do with it Jarrett's talents are amazing but you but Amazing talents don't work without a great offensive line. And as we've been sort of uh, chided on a number of occasions, we include the tight ends in there as well, too, because the Bulls' base, base formation is essentially a two tight end formation. And those two tight ends block their you know what's off um, to create some of that room for Jared as well.
3: Now, when you look at the rest of the offense, with Patterson you really hadn't had to deal too much with the passing game is there any concern if that becomes something they have to open up or has it just not really been necessary yet but it's but it's a solid group altogether
1: I don't know if it's necessary you know I mean you know even going back to last year when the Bulls I think had the fourth or fifth most rushing attempts in the country behind Air Force Navy Army and one other team you know there was some concern about are they balanced enough and Mm -hmm. you know but and and to me and and in some ways like anytime Jarrett isn't getting the ball that's a win for the defense right as much as you want to be balanced and honestly going back a couple of games um, uh, in the Bulls second game of the year uh, quarterback Kyle Ventries threw for 350 yards so so the ability is there um, if you're going to put nine or ten guys in the box they're, they're going to throw the ball on you a little bit but you know at some point like I said as crazy as it sounds Um, doing anything other than running the ball. And particularly with Jarrett, it it might be a mistake, right? You know, as much as you want to pass the ball. um, I think that what the Bulls are doing is using it just enough to keep things loose, the occasional first down throws um, just to make sure that, you know, they don't get, you know, in a out of rhythm or have the ability if there's a penalty or something to be able to convert some third downs. But um, you know, it's, it's one of those rare occasions and I've covered football for a long time where balance goes out the window, right. It's almost irrelevant. Um, It doesn't, you know, you don't, like I said, you don't want them to be balanced.
3: How often I think all of us are doing this in this odd season, but thinking about how much better this would have been if it would have been in front of a packed house. I mean, the Bulls getting to 4-0, and Jarrett doing what he did. I mean, you're having to create your energy in the booth based on what you're seeing on the sidelines, based on just the play itself and not being able to feed off the energy of a lot of people in that stadium.
1: Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, you know, again, you would like to have seen. And I think there would have been a great crowd there Saturday, a hyped-up game, undefeated teams, national television. The weather was really nice and bright and sunny here as well, which this time of year, we don't always get yeah. that in Buffalo. So there would have been a really nice crowd on hand. And for those people to see that and to be able to say they saw it. Um, would have been amazing and and you know and that's there's some disappointment in that there's no question about it 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 doesn't feel the same once we get involved in the game broadcast you you try to find your own energy and obviously Jarrett you know creates that for us and running for 60 yards on the first play of the game kind of set the tone (laughs) for a lot of what happened on Saturday but yeah there absolutely is part of you that 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 you know, feels like it, it just would have been better if there was a crowd there.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the running theme this year is it would have been better, but we'll take what we can get uh, here in the fall of 2020. Uh, We don't want to ignore the defense with you, of course. And Malcolm Koontz is a a special guy uh, headed to the senior bowl, Uh, fourth player and only the fourth player in Buffalo history to get that honor and just talk about him and and the guys around him that have been able to keep the offenses you've played at bay enough to win Buffalo's racking up these points. They can still get the victory.
1: What Malcolm has done particularly impressively is last year, Koontz was number one in the Mack and Sacks, and his other end mate by the name of Taylor Riggins was number two in the Mack and Sacks. So the ability to come off both of the edges certainly made those guys better. Well, Taylor Riggins has been hurt this year, has not played at all. So what Malcolm has done this year does not have the benefit of teams having to worry about the other defensive ends, So he's seeing a lot more double teams and chips and tight end blocks and all that stuff. Yet he's still tied for the Mac lead in sacks. He made, he made two defining plays in the game Saturday of which will forever be lost in what Jarrett did, but, but Coons had a big sack and had a huge pass on a zone blitz drop on a pass knockdown uh, on a fourth down pass inside the 20 yard line. And the situation there would have been, had Kent scored, it was right at the end of the first half, and they were going to get the second half kickoff, had they scored there, and then they do score in the first drive of the third quarter, now Buffalo's losing for the first time in the game. So Kuntz has been great. The defense last year was number one across the board in every MAC category. They have not been quite as good this year. Um, They're missing some key guys. They've had some injuries. Uh, at cornerback, in particular, on the defensive line, as I mentioned, so so th- th- they're maybe not as shut down as they were in the past, and and honestly, you know Kent State has a great uh, high tempo offense, and they were going to score a lot of points no matter what. Um, but again, the defense, you know, you go back to their first game of the year where the defense returned three um, had three touchdowns, two fumbles, and an interception. They're a very athletic, big play defense. And it's good enough, just good enough to complement the offense.
3: Lance Leipold, he and his staff have created something there in Buffalo that I think people there have been waiting for for a long time. And that's consistency. Uh, The way they've been able to consistently win since he's arrived on campus. And then you end last year with a bowl win. You start this year when it finally did begin being favored in their division, just Tell me a little bit about how he has transformed things there. Well,
1: the, the oddity in all this, Chris, is for people that listen to this and are you know, fans of group of five teams, there's forever that fear in the back of your mind that when you find a great coach, you're going to lose him. It's, it's just the way it works in college football. Where Lance is different, and I don't know that the Bulls won't lose him at some point, particularly now, Lance, Lance has... Always sort of, you know, remember, he was in Division Three for a long mm-hmm. time. And, and you know, he's not been this guy that's looking for his next job. And, and for him, the opportunity to come to Buffalo and be the head coach here was sort of the epitome of the great job for him. Um, you, you know, he's coached at Wisconsin and Nebraska, so he's been in the big schools. Um, and it's interesting. It's gotten a lot of play this week because the Bulls are going to play Ohio. One of uh, Lance's mentors is Frank Solich. And okay. Frank Solich has been at Ohio for what? 10, 12, 15 years now, Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why Ohio is perpetually a great team in the Mid-American Conference is because there is not no turnover. There is consistency. He's had the same coordinators until Joe Burrow's dad left to go watch (laughs) Joe play last year. There had been no changes at coordinator for Ohio University, and Lance has done a lot of the same things, brought a lot of the guys with him from division three. And for those guys, they're like, Hey, this is great. I can, I want to be here. I love it here. Um, We'll see what happens. Obviously with the attention that they're getting and the success that they're getting, there are going to be big schools that are going to try to pull people out of here. And Lance quite possibly in that mix as well too. But every conversation I've had with Lance and everything publicly Lance has said is, is, He wants to build a consistent winner. That's what he did in in his other stops. And that's what he wants to do here. As long as the Bulls are in a situation to do that, the facilities have been incredibly upgraded to help make him do that. Um, I don't see... Lance leaving for, you know, a power five job that doesn't have any prayer of being successful. For instance, his name is being thrown around at Vanderbilt a little bit. To me, and again, I can't speak for Lance, that job does not seem to be a Lance Leipold job in any way because he knows his ceiling there is maybe six and six right and and that's not who lance is he wants to win championships every year so that incredible consistency has allowed this program to grow now in his sixth season and they've won 28 games since 2017 it's it's not a in the past it was a blip on the on the screen win a mac championship lose turner gill to a power five school um you know who knows what's going to happen in the future. But right now, that consistency at the group of five, particularly the Mac, where there's always a lot of coaching turnover has obviously you can draw the line between the consistent success and the fact that Lance has stayed here.
3: Yeah. I've talked to some coaches who really their main focus is those higher academic schools. And they think that they can do well recruiting special people to places like Stanford and Rice and Duke and Vanderbilt. Uh, but that's an incredibly tough needle to thread. And I think I think you're right that's that's not something you really would jump at because you're not gonna you're more than likely not gonna have a whole lot of success although nashville is a wonderful place to be i couldn't blame no anybody question. for no for taking that job uh and you never know how it has, as big a check as they may be able to write it may be impossible to ignore at some point it's
1: life-changing money
3: and it's yeah. easy for
1: us to sit and say what he should or shouldn't do but um but again just having just getting to know who he is you know again lance is in his mid-50s you know he's not a 41 year old sort of climber that's that's his fa- he has a, a family he's gotten comfortable here he has a younger son who's in um, on the brink of high school I think those are things that are important to him those are you know again I every time I get asked this question I say he he was in division three at Whitewater for 15 years or you know I mean you know that if you're looking to always get out that would not have happened so um, so you know I, I think again as long as the ability to continue to win here Um, And the facilities and the recruiting and all those things continue to get better. Um, I think Lance can be can be very happy here. And the nice thing about it, Chris, is if he does choose to leave, a foundation has been built here for whoever would be the replacement.
3: No, I hope I hope that can happen where he would stay around just because I love to see that foundation being built and you know people stay there long enough where not a whole lot of people at this level will stay long enough where they can have a field named after them in 20 years you know really be somebody who is the face of the program when you look back on the history and and that could happen at Buffalo there's still a lot of things that would need to happen for uh, such an honor to take place down the line but it's it's certainly possible if he remains well Ohio Akron and Mac Championship uh, left and opponent Tbd in that final game i suppose but looking at this looking at the schedule looking at what they have left to try to finish this regular season undefeated uh, maybe it's internal it, it is more than it is an opponent on what the biggest stumbling block will be
1: yeah, um, I think it's this game coming up. Um, the Bulls have not won in Ohio since 2008. It is, you know, even when they've had a really good team like they did in 2018, they went there and got waxed. Um, a couple of the players have joked about this being the revenge tour season because uh, the opener in Northern Illinois was revenge for a collapse in the fourth quarter of the 2018 MAC championship game. The uh, second game, Miami, was uh, revenge for an early season loss last year. Um, The game against Kent State was revenge for a fourth-quarter collapse that cost the Bulls a game last year. And then Ohio was the only other MAC game they lost last year. And, again, they haven't won there in a long time. So um, the players seem to be finding what they need to find to be properly inspired. So um, a win at Ohio clinches the division, takes any risk of uh, a game being canceled out of the mix. So I, I think, you know, I think these guys are properly focused and, and frankly uh, it's not quite as good an Ohio team. I don't think that's been in the past and the bulls are playing great right now. I mean, they're playing at a level um, that I've never seen uh, this team or um, frankly, you know, this is equivalent to when Western Michigan made its run to the Cotton Bowl uh, under PJ Fleck years ago where it just it didn't matter whatever it didn't matter where who they were. They were so much better than anybody else in the Mac. They, they It was literally show up and win. So uh, Akron's a really struggling program that hasn't won in a couple of years Um if it's Western Michigan, Central Michigan, potentially uh, in the MAC championship game, those are going to be tough games, Western and Central have good players. But, you know, I'd like to just say that the way the Bulls are playing right now, the way Jarrett Patterson is playing right now, I I, I don't know that anybody is in position to stop them unless the Bulls figure out a way to stop themselves.
3: Well, I hope at the end of this, you're awarded with a, a nice sunny destination to, uh, to get you guys out of Western New York uh, for a little bit, but I know they're trying to keep people close to home. I think if if this uh, if it still existed, you guys probably would have been saddled with the International Bowl in Toronto. But <laughs> yeah,
1: Detroit. You know, I mean, we we, we you know, Detroit uh, had a bowl that's not going to be played this year. Right. We got Bahamas last year, so you know, anything. Uh, no complaining, uh, you know. And I know the Bulls are are likely going to be sort of an in and out kind of a deal, so it won't be uh, three four days there like. We had fun at Atlantis last year, but um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, the old, when this season was in jeopardy, uh, you know, I thought long and hard about knowing how well that knowing how good this team was going to be, um, that, you know, I just, I didn't want to lose this season for those guys because we knew how good they were. And I'm just, I'm happy to see that they have done everything they need to do players and coaches to stay safe and healthy and not have the COVID issues that some other teams have. And, you know, and then aside from the fact that, you know, they haven't lost and you know they've had a running back who uh here's the best jared patterson i'll leave you with um he's he's um he's 40 yards 80 yards away from a thousand yards if he gets 80 yards and a thousand yards in this game on saturday he'll join barry sanders marcus allen and ricky williams as the only ncaa running backs to run for a thousand yards in their first five games so i mean just to be to see that to be a part of it to witness it, it it's i keep thinking what, what world am am I living in right now? Um, You know, and, and I, you know, I got the chance to see every Khalil Mack snap of his amazing career. And I never thought there would be a more dominant player at this level that I would ever witness than Khalil Mack. And, and frankly, by nature of being a running back and getting the ball more right now, it's Jarrett Patterson. He's got a little ways to go to complete the career that Khalil did, but the, what he has done the last two games has got has defied belief and we'll see how much he can continue it.
3: Well, Paul, there are a lot of announcers who I've talked to Well, by the end of this season, they'll probably wish their team hadn't played because things went <laughs> in the tank so bad, but you've got to experience something special already. And hopefully uh, the next four games for you guys, a three to wrap up the regular season and the bowl game uh, and leave you uh, feeling very happy about what you've seen and experienced through 2020. So thank you, sir.
1: My pleasure, Chris. Always good to uh, to talk about the Bulls and Group of Five football. It's uh, It's been the best year ever for Group of Five, right? The, the, the Group of Five has got more attention, more rankings, more TV time than ever before. And uh, I don't know whether that will continue when we get back to normal or not, but ride the wave while we can.
3: If you can't catch... Buffalo at Ohio on CBS Sports Network this weekend. You can always listen to the Bulls Radio Network, including 5.20 a.m. out of Buffalo. Paul is joined by Scott Wilson in the booth. Time for the return of picks with the four-and-a-half-year-old. Austin Thomas Mykowski returns to select a game one out of each group of five league. And because we just had... Paul, on with us, we will start in the Mac. Austin Buffalo is playing at Ohio. Who do you think is going to win that one?
0: Ohio.
3: And why do you think Ohio is going to win? I don't
0: know. Do
3: you ever know? No. Well, he Ball did say that Ohio was going to be a very tough game for the Bulls. So maybe Austin will be right on that one. Let's go to the American. And Austin, do you remember where Gramps went to college? don't
0: know.
3: We just talked about this. Uh Speak louder, please. SMU! Yes, Gramps went to SMU. But the Mustangs did not honor his memory too well in their first game since his passing they got blown out they got blown out by east carolina so but this weekend mustangs come home back on the hilltop and they are facing houston so austin smu or houston
0: houston
3: speak louder please
0: houston
3: houston to win on the road okay interesting choice Let's get into Conference USA next and let's go with the Thursday game just down the road from right here in McKinney in Denton Louisiana Tech is at North Texas La Tech has not did not play throughout the entire month of November they're finally back on the field Thursday night at UNT Austin La Tech or North Texas.
0: North
3: Texas. You're going with the underdog in all of these games, I think, buddy. But I like your spirit. We'll see how these picks turn out for you uh, when we look back at them. We need to add up all your, your wins and losses when we get to the end of this season. Okay, Mountain West. I think normally I would want to talk about Hawaii versus San Jose State. But as of Tuesday night, they still even don't even know where this game is going to be played. San Jose State cannot practice, they cannot play on campus because of restrictions in their county, so they're still trying to figure out a location for this one, and I'm kind of doubtful they're going to, so (laughs) let's just pick another game. Fresno State against Nevada, Bulldogs are three and one, Wolfpack is five and one, you're jumping the gun, I didn't even ask you yet. Fresno State or Nevada? Fresno State. Okay, Fresno State to win on the road in Reno. And finally, in the Sun Belt, Friday night, the La- University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Raging Cajuns against the Appalachian State, Mountaineers. Raging Cajuns or Mountaineers, Austin? Raging Cajuns. Say it louder, please.
0: Raging Cajuns.
3: Raging Cajuns to win at App State. Okay. Austin, thank you so much for making pics with me. I miss doing this with you.
0: Now, what? now, can I watch it?
3: You want to watch it when we're done? Yep. Okay. Can you sing the theme song?
0: Group of five, group of five, The group of, the group of, the group of five live.
3: Group of five live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get podcasts. And we'll talk to you again next week. Say bye, Austin.
2: Bye, Austin. Don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offer from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts.